Mary Poppins with the songs, the fun, and the motion picture excitement Walt Disney is famous for. Yes, sir, we've got everything to make life easier. Mother, I was reading about a fellow named Tom Edison who's working on an idea for snap-on electric lights. To hear how the story goes, <laughs> go ahead and push my nose. W Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 724. And together, as we have been since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Marvel, Star Wars, and more here on the podcast, our weekly live video on Facebook, events, and blog. And please be sure to join the community at www.radio.com slash clubhouse, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. So as we continue our recap and review of our WW Radio Adventures by Disney trip to Italy, we continue on to one of the most beautiful and surprising stops on our journey, Orvieto. And then from there, we visit Tuscany, which was remarkable for so many reasons, before continuing on to the romance and renaissance of Florence and punctuating our adventure with Carnival in Florence. We'll discuss not only the highlights and special moments, but what made this and Adventures by Disney as a whole truly special and unique. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week, where you can enter to win a Disney prize package and more updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. going to pick up where we left off last week as we leave Rome and head over to Orvieto, the next stop on our adventures by Disney. I'm not sure if you can tell by listening to part one, but I did not think it could get any better than what I saw, ate, and experienced in Rome, and then the rest of Italy said, hold my gelato. So I give to you part two and the finale of our adventures by Disney to Italy. The next morning, we went to the Colosseum. Again, it's, you, you cannot articulate the size. And again, we were there. We were the first people in. We very much had the Colosseum to ourselves for a pretty extended period of time. But the Colosseum for me was not the highlight of that day. Because what I thought was going to be, when I sort of quickly read the Adventures by Disney sort of itinerary, it was a town I've never heard of before called Orvieto, which is um, in the, the Umbrian Valley. And I said, this is sort of just like a throwaway stop, sort of getting, you know, as you're going from point A to point B. This may have been not only the biggest surprise for me, but one of the highlights of the trip and a place that I want to go back to and stay for a couple of days. Orvieto is this small town all the way at the top, sort of perched on the edge of a cliff with maybe 20,000 or so people, you feel like you are transported 
somewhere else, right? Very different than the big city feel of Rome, these narrow alleyways. It's the least touristy place of anywhere that we went to. And even though they had a giant cathedral and for me, this was really one of the places that I thought was the most beautiful and most remarkable of all the places that we visited. Anybody give me your thoughts on Orvieto, either expectations beforehand or experiences that you had while you were there. It's where I fell in love with balsamic vinegar. (laughs) My passion for balsamic vinegar started there. But the church was cool. It took 600 years to build, I think. So can you imagine working on something and never seeing it finished and know that your great, great, great grandfather started it? Yeah, the Duomo di Orvieto is, again, you have this reveal as you walk into that piazza and there's this this incredible cathedral with this Gothic facade and grand sculptures and that rose window and the frescoes on the front. It's just spectacular. It is absolutely spectacular. Lou, you talk about the reveals in Rome, you know, Nero and in Piazza. What about the reveal for the Orvieta? We were driving up in the bus and we're, it's beautiful out, you know, with the greenery and all the kind of stuff. And then we get up there and there's this beautiful, almost what Italy is, it's a beautiful town up there. And then as we're walking the big reveal of that church, It was one of our favorite places that Mm -hmm. we visited. And because of, I think, like you said, we had no preconceived thoughts of what this was going to be. Just a quick stopover, and we loved it. I just want to go back and sit at one of those little sidewalk cafes and just have a cappuccino and just watch the local, because there's so many locals. I just want to watch the people go by. And it was unexpected. It was it was unexpected too. Yeah. We kind of fell. Of course, it was planned by Adventures by Disney, but it was unexpected. We fell upon it, and we 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 went up to this town, and and all of a sudden, it was it was just yeah, such a reveal, but unexpected. We didn't even know how wowed we were going to be. I was gonna say, I, I guess we should mention that this was in our transition from Rome to Tuscany, so. After leaving the Colosseum, we were heading, uh, we boarded the bus and headed to um, to Tuscany, and this is the stopover there. But it, it's, again, one of those special surprises because you, you see it on the itinerary, but you notice they don't go into a lot of detail about it because they want it to be that reveal. They want you to discover it on your own and at your own pace. But then again, the spoons at lunch, where they just kept bringing spoons of different, rather than having a whiskey tasting or a wine tasting, which they did have a wine tasting, they also had this olive oil tasting or the whatever, the balsamic. And each one got better and better. And when you thought that it couldn't get any better, the next one got better. And then pretty soon everyone was trying to steal each other's spoons <laughs> off the plates. It was, it was so much fun and a great experience. Yeah, 65-year-old or however old it was, balsamic vinegar tastes very, very different than what you get off the shelf at Publix. And just for the record, it does taste good on vanilla ice cream. I would have never believed it, but it does taste good on vanilla ice cream. It's like syrup. Yeah, my son was trying to like negotiate with me. Like, listen, I'll trade you two of these for that one. But yeah, it gives you a new understanding and appreciation. And just to... Everywhere that we went, right, how fresh everything was, how fresh the pasta is, um, how fresh the food tastes. You really feel as though it it came 
from the farm nearby to the table. And we're really going to see that in, in our next location, because like you said, Becky, we were on our way to Tuscany and we went to the Hotel Borgo de Cortafreda, which is this wonderful little like retreat that is sort of nestled in this incredible Tuscan countryside with these views of the valley below and these verdant green hills. Like I could have just stood outside and it, I did most mornings and just take in that view. Again, we hear about people renting a villa in Tuscany and vacationing in Tuscany for weeks. I understand why, right? And it was incredibly silent outside, right? Other than maybe the sound of the church bell that would ring off in the distance. It was just a few miles away from uh, San Gimignano. Um, and it was as if a, a painting of Tuscany had come to life. And that was really sort of the only way I could describe it. And I loved, I love this hotel. I think there was something incredibly charming about this hotel because the, the hotels that you stay in vary, right? The first one, the, the Grand Malia was, um, an old monastery that was converted into a much more modern hotel. This was something that had this very sort of charming old world sort of feel to it, um, which I liked, right? And again, you sort of woke up and, you know, it was like the scene out of a movie. You sort of just opened up your windows and you hear, you know, the cock crowing in the morning. You hear, you know, maybe a, a cow off in the distance somewhere and nothing else. It was just silent, and and it, it, I think it was. I think Tuscany. I understand why people say they fall in love with it so much. That hotel was my favorite hotel. Out of all the hotels that we stayed at, there was something so quaint and charming about it. And I, and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this because this Tuscany again. I wanted to see it, but when you sort of look at the itinerary, right? Things like. The Vatican jump out at me. Venice jumps out at me. Some of the, Tuscany was like, okay, this this sounds nice. It's a quaint little thing. We're going to go to a farm and winery in the afternoon. I was amazed at how many people at the end of our adventure said this was their favorite stop by far. We took a bus to Fattoria Poggio Aloro, which is a small working farm and winery, uh, just a couple of kilometers away from San Gimignano. Again, rolling hills, lush fields, the towers of San Gimignano on the horizon. It almost looked as though it was fake. We met this woman and her family, and it was like, cue the dad. Like, the old dad walks out from the vineyards where he has been working, where his family has worked literally for generations, and we're taught how to make pasta, right? We're literally sort of getting our hands dirty, making pasta while she's sharing stories about her family. We go into a tour of the farm. We get a tour of the winery. We have a wine tasting or an olive oil flavoring experience. And we go outside for lunch on this terrazza that overlooked these medieval towers of San Gio It looked like it was fake. I don't know how else to say it. You walked around to the side of this old Tuscan villa that's been there for, you know, however long, and you look out over these, again, these these verdant fields and the and these olive trees, it almost looked as though Disney had created like this 8K visual of what a, per, a perfect Tuscan countryside could be. 
that lunch with the fresh pasta and the the wine and the stories that were being told, it may have been one of the single most special moments of that entire trip. That was my favorite day. I couldn't stop crying. The experience in itself, the food, the presence of that family, third generation, her father that we were introduced to, and just the breathtaking atmosphere of looking over those vineyards and the olive trees. It was just, it was probably one of the best days of my life. Yeah. It was so personal, so personal and down to earth. And Deanna, you were going around to every member of our traveling family and thanking them one by one because of how that was making you feel for being a part of this this journey. But yeah, it was just a very personal thing to me because you, we saw it in ourselves and we also heard that from Sarah and her family. It yeah, was, and the sincerity of, oh, I'm so sorry, Sue, the sincerity of the sincerity of the authenticity of this family it made it so real and you couldn't help but just be, I mean, it was just a warm, fuzzy feeling from the moment we got there. There were there were two things about Sarah's Farm that I enjoy so much. First of all, you can make the experience your own. And, and it is kind of true with Adventures by Disney in general that when the, um, when the tour of the farm was going on, I'd actually been on it before and some other people didn't feel like walking. So we got to just hang out where we had lunch and you guys toured the farm and we sat there and talked and caught up and, and just had a wonderful conversation in the midst of this beauty that was all around us, which was great. Making the pasta was so much fun and I learned one thing that Lou can eat pasta better than he can make it. But then again, <laughs> I'm about the same. I discovered that I'm not good at making pasta. So I was again watching him and watching me and realizing we should probably just step away slowly and let them make it and we'll eat it later. My kitchen experience is like a marathon, right? I know that I don't belong on the course or in the kitchen. I do better at the table or cheering from the sidelines. I know my place Clearly. in the circle of life. <laughs> Nicholas, talk to me about your feelings of, uh, of of visiting Sarah's farm. So Sarah's farm was probably one of my favorite parts of the entire trip because there were so many aspects to it, like more than just making pasta. Like you got to make pasta, you got to walk around the farm, you got to see their little puppies, you got to see her dad, and you have to eat this really, really, really good lunch. And then if you didn't do the wine tasting, you can make your own olive oil with certain spices. And it was just like, and the the whole experience was amazing. Yeah, you and I did that together. I, I chose not to do the wine tasting. You and I and a few other people did the aisle. And you can take it home with you, right? You can sort of, so of all the souvenirs we took home, like that's the, I'm gonna, it's one of the ones that means the most to me because I'm going to remember that I got to do that at that table under that tree with you in, in Tuscany. It's, it's a, it's, you can't buy that, right? You can't buy that anywhere. You have to actually do it together. That uh, whole afternoon was perfect. Yeah, it was. it was perfect. The location was perfect. And, and we really got close as a family, the, the whole, because of the space and the time we were together, right? We, we spent, what most of the afternoon, mm -hmm. uh, or early or late morning into the late afternoon, 
It was, it was, it's my screensaver. You can't see it, but it's my screensaver. Yeah. That view we had from lunch. Dave, I, I'm just listening to, to some of the other people talk. I also think the wine probably had something to do with it, how much bonding was going on <laughs> that day. Okay, it could be. It could be. Um, that night, again, something that I just can't imagine you do otherwise. We, we boarded a bus. And went to the Castello de Olvieto, which is this 15th century castle, seemingly in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there was no, there was literally no self-service there. So it sort of was in the middle of nowhere, but it's in one of the most beautiful locations in Tuscany. And you want to talk about a place that just exudes atmosphere, right? We went down into the wine cellars. We we had this incredible Parbidelli pasta with, with wild boar. And then there was this wonderful performance that night with costumed musicians. It was a very um, interactive, I'm going to just leave it at that. It was a very interactive performance. But I think it was one of those things that, again, was a surprise because we were having this lovely meal inside this castle in Tuscany, and then sort of everything changed when the band came out and they got everybody involved and they brought some folks up on stage. We're going to leave the wigs out of the conversation for now. But I felt like something happened there. Like, I think I think Tuscany and the castle really, like, like we've sort of been alluding to, it's where our group became a family. Like I just, there was sort of this palpable change in feeling, at least for me, sort of watching from the outside in to a certain degree of of how much everybody really got close that day and that night. Yeah, I got to know Dave and Lou in a whole different way that evening. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. And neither do I. There are pictures, there are pictures. That will never see the light of day. Um, so, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a, just pictures. It was, it was a uh, it was a, a lot I of fun. Have and, so and much video. <laughs> Revenge is a dish best served cold. Listen, I, I want to move on because we have a couple more days that we still have to get to. Uh, our next day, day six, was a day of of romance and renaissance in Florida. We took a bus um, to Florence and saw the things that you need to and are quote unquote supposed to see. Right, we went to the Academia Gallery and saw the statue of David. We went to the Piazza del Duomo and saw the cathedral of of Santa Maria there. We went to the Piazza del Signora where David originally stood outside. We went to the home of Michelangelo. We had lunch on our own where, Nicholas, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the best lasagna that you've ever had in your life? Oh yeah, by far. The I think it was veal lasagna was like... Yeah. It's hard to describe. Again, it was a recommendation of the guides. We were off on our own. We went to Boca Dama in this Piazza del San Croce. It was incredible. And I saw Paul and John sort of giving thumbs, thumbs up, right? You guys were there too? Yeah, that, that was excellent. Like you said, the best lasagna I've ever had. And for 11 euro. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they brought it out to you in like two minutes. You ordered. Yeah. Next thing, it was like they went in the back in the kitchen, cut Mama's lasagna, and brought it out on the plate to you. And it just melted in your mouth. Doesn't everything oh. taste different? Like, you can tell the difference oh. between pasta that is made yeah. fresh 
versus pasta that you even the color like the color of the pasta is different than the color of the pasta that comes out of a box or even comes out of a you know a plastic bag if you go to you know a local store it's just different because it is made like that day and it just you know it does it hits it hits very very differently uh, we also went, some of us went to uh, the Basilica de, de Santa Croce di Frenze, where we saw the tombs of Michelangelo and Galileo. We went on the tour of the Palazzo Vecchio, which is this, it's the largest hall in Italy by volume. It's its like a football stadium inside, but again, with beautiful frescoes everywhere. And some of us, again, with, you know, different groups were sort of going on our own. We had like this wonderful little cappuccino just sitting out in the piazza, just watching people go by. We went to this tiny little, some of us went to this little um, handcrafted stationery store down this little side street that we just sort of, of stumbled upon and went to dinner again at a recommendation of our guides who made the reservations for us at uh, Baldovino, where we had these fried artichokes, which... I have never tasted anything like that before in my life. One thing we did go and do at night, it was this beautiful night. We uh, we found the Vivoli Il Gelato, which is the same, which is the original one of the one that is in Disney Springs. So I was able to sort of make some of that connective Disney tissue. Plus, I also needed to taste some of the gelato there just because I was a, a completist. Um, the next day, we went to Venice, which was going to be the final stop. And we took, it was this wonderful sort of mix of, we take this high-speed train to Venice, come out again to this picturesque view. We go from this very modern, high-speed, comfortable train to an Italian gondola ride with accordion players and singers on the Grand Canal. We pass the Rialto Bridge. It was one of these scenes that was out of a movie and again having no idea of sort of what to expect there's something incredibly unique and romantic and wonderful about venice talk to me anybody who wants to about your initial impressions of coming off the train stepping foot onto the gondola and and being taken over to begin our walking tour so we got off that train and stepped out and saw the gondolas and saw that canal. I don't know about you, but I felt like I was in a scene from a movie. It was amazing. I kept Jump, having jawed. these moments of saying, this is a movie. I feel like we're in a movie. It, it was such a sharp transition. My jaw dropped. It's like you say, you walked out of a train station and immediately you're on the Grand Canal with all of this wonder that you've, you've only seen pictures of up until now. Yeah, that was... A, a, John just said it perfectly. You you had been on this bullet train going through all of this beautiful countryside with the the you know rolling hills of olive trees and all this and they just kept saying wait just wait just wait and you walked out and my jaw dropped and I was just like wow <laughs> this is even better than I could have ever imagined. Um and it, it was it was the transition that was so dramatic when you got to Venice. 
because it was like no other place you'll ever see in your life. And the gondoliers, the realness of it all, you know, there's, they're local, they're there, they're just, it's, it's just, it's surreal to experience it. And they're helping you into the gondola. And yes, maybe I almost fell, but um, I mean, it was, it's just, it's the people. It's, it's so much about the people I kept, it just, it really, you could see that throughout the whole trip. Right, it's his realization at some point that this is not a ride, this is not an attraction, this is the mode of transportation. There are no cars, no cars in Venice. After you get to a certain point beyond the train station, there are no cars. You need to take some sort of water taxi, some sort of water-borne vehicle to get from point A to point B, which initially sounds like, wow, this is so incredible and romantic and beautiful. And they're like, well, yeah, but if I need to just run to the store, I've got to like hop in the boat and get, and go somewhere. Like living there, it made me appreciate what living there would be like versus visiting as a tourist. But you want to talk about some of the most picturesque and beautiful architecture of any of the cities that we visited. I understand why Venice is um, not just such a, a unique destination, but one, again, that people really seem to fall in love with um, because there is something special, I think, about this city that is connected by bridges. But one thing we didn't mention too, as we were on our walking tour, we went to the Piazza del San Marco and some of the other places, there were these little surprises, right? And things that happened just for our group where we sort of became part of a storytelling experience and show so john go ahead explain explain what the show was because we were in this we walked into this piazza and we see somebody who's a costume performer there and next thing we realize he's there just for us and he's there recruiting some of us into the show so john explain what that experience was like exactly so it was a complete surprise there was this it, it looked like a somebody that was there to you know maybe to be a guide or tell some stories and all of a sudden he's pulled us all in and he's asking for people from our family to be a part of this representation and there's a villain there's a prince there's a horse there's, <laughs> there's a number of other characters and so Lou got to got to perform again for us <laughs> uh, but it was so captivating and and so oh my goodness I saw you all rolling and out in this compo in this in this square it it was just one of those enriching additional enriching moments that we had just because we were part of the the abd family did we go from there to lunch or do i'm trying to remember did we go from there right to our hotel yeah to the hilton molino stucky which was at one point this immense flour mill that was converted to this beautiful five-star hotel Again, we had dinner on our own that night. We went to recommendations um, from our our guide uh, on one of the islands. And our our next day, our final day, was really sort of to you know what they called Carnival in Venice, where again after we went on our private water taxi, we went on our private tour of the Doge's Palace. And if you're like, wait a minute, I've heard the word Doge's Palace. Yes, it's the Doge's Palace that is replicated in Italy in Epcot Center. You want to talk about when you step into that piazza and then you compare that in your mind. I know, for, at least for me, we look at Epcot and we think, wow, it's, Italy is a pretty sort of large pavilion. It, it is this 
microscopic version of what the real and original looks like. Uh, share some of your thoughts about our, our tour of the Doge's Palace, again, where I sort of felt like it really was kind of just us on this tour. I think that the, the artwork inside and, and the, the sculptures inside the, the building was fantastic. That floor that was three-dimensional was just great considering it was built how many hundreds of years ago. Just, it was just beautiful inside. Again, it's, it's, it's an, another one of those architectural pieces. This one was built in the 1300s, I believe. And as you walk through it, it's just like, how how did these people do this at that time on a on a floating island <laughs> that is um, surrounded by canals in the history that happened in the Doge's Palace. And if you go back and, and watch any of the period movies um, about Venice, a lot of them center around that building and around the, the history of that building. So I loved walking through. I loved seeing the art and the stairs and the, um, the walls and the ceilings. It was gold everywhere in some of those hallways. It, it was just um, amazing. And in the... Uh, in the main room where they have all of the um, the thrones up there for the doges and, and um, uh, all of the, the people in the palace, it, it was just so surreal to kind of close your eyes and imagine carnival going on in there at, in the time and the period. And um, it was just a really magical place to be. And it was so different. So, so you're standing outside and you're looking at it. You don't think how immense it is inside and how much space and how much artwork and how many stairs are hidden behind those walls of the facade when you're looking at the building. Yeah, and we went from there to, again, another one of the experiences that I don't think we would probably do if you were touring or even maybe could do if you were touring Venice on your own. We went to a place called Tragicomeda, which where we learned about the Venetian carnival mask making process and we made our own masks, right? There were mask makers in there who, you know, broke us up into sort of groups and tables and allowed us to sort of pick a, a, a mask mold that sort of spoke to us and make it our own. And again, this is one of those things that you get to take home as a souvenir, as a memory of a trip, but but is meaningful because you made it, you did it together. You have sort of very sort of vivid memories of creating this thing, not just by yourself, but with the people and the family around you. Anybody's thoughts or, or how much did you enjoy the, the carnival mask making? A lot of people don't realize too, it's not just a mask making shop. This is a place that it's been there for years and years and years and years passed down through generations of mask makers. And this particular mask making shop makes masks now for Hollywood, for Lady Gaga, for a ton of, of Hollywood stars and, and musicians um, for their craft. And so they're so well known and these guys are truly masters of their art. And to, to take like the mask that I made and hand it off to somebody and then later on when you actually get to see it after it's been zhuzhed <laughs> and it really looks spectacular, it's like, I'm gonna take credit for that, I think. <laughs> but it's just amazing what they can do with these masks and how beautiful they are. Yeah, we uh, we finished off our night, our day, and our adventure really with the, a farewell dinner on a Jolly Roger pirate ship. And I'm like, 
wait a minute, this makes no sense. Why am I... It was like Sarah's Farm, one of the most fun, one of the most beautiful, right? We had these incredibly incredible sunset views of Venice, but such a wonderful way to wrap up and recap our time together. Our guides put together this incredible slideshow. We had, there was great food. And again, I sort of watched... I sort of sat back a little bit and I watched how the the strangers, the people who were strangers seven days earlier were now the closest of friends as the adventure was starting to come to an end. Um, we, you know, we, we, we went relatively quickly through what was a very deep, very wide, very detailed and, and experience filled adventure. But I really want to know from each of you, um, Sue and then Grace and then what were for you some of the highlights of of this trip? What were the things that sort of if you close your eyes and you think back, what is sort of the first thing that speaks to you? What was the most important, one of the most memorable or most impactful parts of this trip for you? Experience it with people that I love and and that that made everything worth it um, with my my family. Um, but site wise, the 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 Vatican was the the biggest experience for me. Um, it, it just my parents always who had been there a couple of times kept telling me, just wait when you leave there, you're changed. And I was after seeing that. Um, and then Venice, um, those, those two compete with each other, learning how to navigate the little streets, finding your way back to the restaurant that you passed the day before and realizing you realized how to get there over 13 different bridges and little tunnels and little alleys. Um, but you know, it's just, it's the people we got to be with, um, and, and that's what made the adventure even more memorable. Um, the history, it's just, it's everything. I, I almost just can't even put it into words. I, I really can't because I'm still, even though I've been home a month, I'm still processing it <laughs> um, because it was just that much. And it's a trip I will never, ever forget in my lifetime. Yeah, it's almost hard to put in a recap, as we've all said, you know, it, it's it was at times overwhelmingly beautiful. And and because I do this, uh, you know, for my job and I plan travel, I really, really got to appreciate all the pieces of this trip. You know, you think about when we're planning these trips, well, how are you going to get from Rome to the rolling hills of Tuscany. We didn't have to worry about a thing. It was so impressive. You'd you'd leave your suitcase outside your hotel door and it magically appeared in your room at your next stop. And it, it's, it's those little aspects that made the whole trip just so smooth and then opened you up to be able to see all the incredible that is around you. So again, just so hard to recap for me, it was, I can't, I just can't pick a, f I, I don't know. I just, each day was filled with so much awe. The food, I mean, I, 
I, I you know, you always say oh, I could eat pasta every day. I did. Um, and I, and I, and I enjoyed every time. So, um, that was phenomenal coffee and pasta. Take me back. Oh, so good. But every day, um, I think, I think Rome, if I had to pick the city of Rome, it just, it, it just struck me as so approachable. We walked everywhere. I felt safe. Um, but again, to put it in a recap and to pick a favorite, I don't think I can. Each part was so incredible and just the way it was all pieced together made it so smooth that you just left just being totally in awe. Um, I I was really uh, surprised with Venice. I loved it. Uh, like Sue said, all the little alleyways and, and getting around and what the guides had showed us, how to get around. Uh, you know, you're going to... You, you're going to come back here in a little while, follow this street, this little alleyway, follow this alleyway, and you'll be there. Um, I thought it was great. Um, and as one of the guides also told us, it's probably the only place that you'll ever go to the airport by boat. Um, it made it, made it kind of special also. But Adventures by Disney, this is my third one, and each one has been spectacular. I think Adventures by Disney just makes it work. Dave? It's. I'm like with everybody else. It's tough to do it because everything was so good. But if I had to pick two, this 20 minutes in the Sistine Chapel is something I'll never forget. And the lunch um, in Tuscany was just a wonderful experience and something I'll never forget. Also, but I mean, and 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 how our guides took care of my wife. You know, it's just it put Adventures by Disney. Plus, 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 plus. You know, like, I, I don't think I'll ever do anything international ever again if it's not with Adventures by Disney. So I agree. John? I'm just going to summarize it. I, I don't think this trip could have been could have been the trip it was without four things. And that's the Monumental, the Vatican, the Colosseum, Venice, Florence, the Unexpected, Orvieto, the Performers, the Farm, the other things we did, and the people. I'm sorry. Let me go back. The food, but then <laughs> la, 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 lastly, the people. And that was our two guides, all of their supporting guides, and all of our family that made it so personal for all of us. I love that. That's great. Thank you. Nick? The one moment for me that will just cement this trip in infamy for me was waking up one of the mornings in Tuscany and just looking outside the door and seeing this picture-perfect vista, this amazing view of the hills, and hearing the rooster crow, and, like, the only thing I could think was, like, this is a dream. I'm dreaming right now. Like, how is this real? You know, and I love the fact, and, and it's, again, not just because you're my son, but because, you know, you are a younger adventurer. It's one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on here, because I really, you know, ABD does a great job, whether you have young adventurers or you know, teenage adventurers or, or, you know, anywhere in between of really making sure everybody has not, not a, a similar experience, but an experience that, that is unique to them. But I loved watching just how you were impacted and appreciated those little things, those little moments, those simple moments of beauty or something that you saw or something that you ate on a deeper level than I think that you did before. And I think that's a testament, not just to you, but again, it's the experience that Adventures by Disney puts together and really sort of helps every single guest pull something extra out from that. So uh, Deanna and then Becky. There's a bunch of things, but I'll make it short. 
Uh, one, knowing that we were at the Va- in the Vatican and knowing that the Pope was present there. So there's something to be said for that. Um, the incredible food, the culture, the history, the amazing people, our family. And as Sue said it, there's you leave the Vatican and you're changed. There's something about being there and you just, something I've always wanted to do in my life. And Lou and I have talked about it and we made it there finally together with our son and with all of you. So it made that experience a hundred times better. So um, before I say mine, I want to just give two quick tips. If you do this adventure or pretty much any adventure in, especially in Europe, go in at least a day early uh, so that you can acclimate and you're really ready to hit the ground running because while there, there's a lot to see and you're going to be going like crazy in the first day, you're a little foggy. So please consider going in a day early and also consider staying a day later, which is something I was talking to you, Lou, about when we were talking about this, this agenda. I said, the one regret that I had last time is that I didn't spend enough time in Venice and I really wanted to add an extra day. And that extra day made all the difference of really experiencing it. So always consider that. Um, for me, I had a couple of things. First of all, um, all the times I'd been to Rome and visited the Vatican, the one thing I always wanted was a St. Christopher medal. And my husband lovingly bought one for me and had it blessed, which was probably one of the most personal um, experiences for me on this trip. And it was very special. The way that Dusty and Christina and Marco told stories and especially Dusty and Marco taking care of each of all of us in our own way. Mm-hmm. And that was so, the, the, the personal service to each of us was so personal and to our needs and how our vacation was going to be, rather than it being, hey, we're all, we're a group together and you're gonna have a vacation, it's a cookie cutter vacation. They didn't allow us to have a cookie cutter vacation. We we got to explore things and do things um, that and were it becomes, personal to us. It becomes and, predictive instead of reactive because they know you from day yeah. one, they know what your needs and wants might be and, and that's one of the things I really loved about them, to your point. Absolutely. And, and Lou, you and I have been on several of them now. Every single one of them has been that way to some degree. And I really appreciate that. Um, but most of all, the, the thing that I loved more than anything was I, I did know the surprises that were coming. I did know what we would be doing. And watching you guys experience this magical trip, seeing your faces, Deanna, when you and I were arm in arm going into St. Peter's Basilica and walking around there for the first five or 10 minutes of walking into the place, just being able to share this with you um, watching Sue and Grace, you know, I, I always tell you guys, you need to travel to be able to sell travel effectively or to be able to consult people on what they need to do. And I'm so glad you went along because I got to see that joy that that now you understand when your clients come back and they're so happy and glued to, to their experience. Now you know why. Um, but, you know, Dave, you and your wife being able to hang out with you um, on some of the walks through Venice and stuff, we just, we went at our own pace and we had a great time. So for me, most, most of anything is just spending it with you and having those experiences with you. How about you, Lou? Yeah, it was fine. Um, <laughs> so here's my top 100 things that I took away from this trip. It'll be, a, it's a glorious three hour finale. To your point again, Becky, too, this idea of watching others. You know, we've done a lot of group 
tours and adventures and experiences together. And, you know, as not somebody who, who puts them together, but I think like when you become a parent, your perspective of experience changes. Like at least it has, I'll speak only for myself. My perspective of experiences changes because I look at them not in terms of, of what it means to me, but I like to just watch other people. I want to make sure everybody else is having a good time. I want to, and when I see other people having a smile on their face or an emotional reaction and response, it, it's what fills my cup, right? And I saw that day after day after day. When we do these as, you know, it's a WWE group and it's our family, even if we don't necessarily know each other, I love the fact that, that we all get to spend so much individual time with one another, getting to know each other, getting to sort of share in these very, very special they're more than just vacations, right? These these journeys that we get to do together, that is incredibly rewarding and, and meaningful for me because it's not, you know, when I say that you're extended family, it's not just a line. It's something that I mean. We talk about community. It's not a buzzword. It's it's sort of the core of what our this, this WWE was and has always been about. Um, there were things that I saw that, that were meaningful for me as... You know, somebody who's Italian, somebody who is Catholic, somebody who's getting to do this with, with my family. Um, I, I don't know that I could put into one because as quickly as I want to say it was the Vatican that I think about what Tuscany was like. I think about what certain meals were were, were like. Um, it's the same sort of difficulty I have, Becky, with every one of these adventures that we've done, right? When you come back from China, how do you sort of pick this one thing when you come back from Japan and have such a wide spectrum of unique experiences that are so impactful. It is really hard to pick one. You mentioned staying a day after, and I'm really happy that we did, not just because I got to spend a little bit of downtime in, in Venice. And at one point we, we just went to this little cafe in, in the perimeter of St. Mark's Square and just had this wonderful meal and sort of watched the world go by. And it was a very sort of reflective time for me. But one thing I, I realized, and it's, 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 we predicated this review by saying, you can't see and do it all. That morning as we sat there, I said, let me go on my phone. Let me just go and see what else I'm supposed to do, quote unquote, supposed to do while we're in Venice, right? The top 15 things to do in Venice, top 25 things to do in Venice, Every single thing that was on the list, we had done. And I said, you know, I didn't realize just how much we had done in each city. And then I went back. I said, let me look at the top 10 things, top 15 things she's supposed to do in Rome, in Florence. We hit all of those highlights, but in ways that we could not have done if we would have tried to put a tour like this together on our own. The access the bypassing of lines, the, the bypassing of things that would have slowed down your adventure, getting to do things that you just can't pick off of a shelf or book on a website. It's what the ABD difference really is. I said it on the, the last night. I will say it again. The, the Walt quote about it taking people to make a dream a reality. The ABD and the itinerary is incredible. It's the guides that make the difference. It was Dusty, it was Marco, it was Christina, it was all the local guides coupled with the Disney guides. That exceptional level of personal service 
that really made an incredible trip something that I will remember for the rest of my life. Like there was nothing that I looked back and said, you know, I wish we would have done this differently. I wish we wouldn't have done here. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of that in China. I didn't have any of that in Japan. It's why it's very easy to sort of get, you know, hooked into vacationing via Adventures by Disney because you not only know what you're going to get, and it's what we're trying to sort of convey here, but that your expectations, your wants and desires are are always going to be exceeded. Um, and, and like I said, it's what it's what makes these trips very, very special. I'm not going to ask any of you if you would do an Adventures by Disney again because I think I know the answer already. The question I have for you is where do you want to go next? What would be the next group Adventures by Disney trip that you would like to go to? Japan 2025. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that Nicholas was going to say Japan because he's been saying it for the past three years. While you're thinking about that, Becky, you want to add something else? Yeah, yeah. Um, because you you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's something you and I struggle with every time when we start talking about a new group or something going forward. We know that Adventures by Disney is not the cheapest way to travel. And there have been times that we have looked at something and said, hey, we could probably just do this on our own. And I've gone back and I've... I have looked at pricing it directly to the things that we would do and knowing that there are things that we can't do without doing an Adventures by Disney. It makes all of the difference. So while until you do one, you it's hard to explain the value that you get from the money you're spending. But after you've done one, you come out of it and you go, I now know why these are, are a little bit more on the pricier side, but this is what I got out of it. This is the value. These are the things I got to do that I would have never been able to do. So when we do come up with these trips, I just kind of want to put it out there that we do look to see how we can best deliver the best experience for the WDW radio community. Uh, because it's not just, hey, this is an expensive thing and it's Disney, let's go. We think about this very carefully and we calculate it very carefully and we make sure that the experiences we're offering up bring significant value to the vacation that we're asking you to go with us on. And we, in the interest of full transparency, we sat down one time and we said, what if we yeah. were to go here? We could do this on our own. Let's sort of just pick out the, we literally sort of picked out the destinations and said, if we were to try and sort of replicate this itinerary, what would it yep. be like? Mind you, with no Disney guides, with no local guides, setting up our own transportation, doing all these different things, because again, it's a seamless experience. You just sort of wake up and the bus is there. You get up and your water taxi is there. You get and your, your luggage has been magically moved wherever it's supposed to go. The difference was like $550 without yeah. all of those other sort of intangible, unquantifiable things that we're trying to sort of express and explain. And I think it's really difficult to do unless and until you have done an Adventures by Disney. I think all of you individually at some point while we were talking tonight talked about the importance of a guide, a conversation that you had, a story that was being told, the way somebody did something, it was it's it's not just the destinations and the access, it's the people, it's the guides that make this very, very special. And for me, and I think and you guys if you know who have been repeat ABD visitors, obviously you, 
it's where so much of that extra value comes in. And I've never heard anybody say, you know, it was nice. I didn't really sort of feel like I got my money's worth of like, I get it. I, I understand it. And, and it's why I think sometimes when you do an Adventures by Disney once, it's easy to become, you know, a... Uh, it's easy sort of to rack up your pins that you get every time you take an adventure. Later, <laughs> I'm addicted. And I, I don't just do this as groups with you guys. I do this for my own vacation too, because it's that seamless. And as we were talking about trying to do this on our own, um, there's no way that we could match the efficiency. There's no way, Lou, you had mentioned that we saw everything that everybody should see according to the lists. We couldn't have done all of those things if we didn't have the efficiency of those guides moving us from place to place to place as well. So there's definitely value. And I, I will tell you just on, on the side, I have nightmares at night about thinking about putting 37 people on one of the bullet <laughs> trains in Japan in 30 seconds. We'll, we'll never do that on our own. I'll, I'll tell a very quick story that I, I know I've told in the past because I think it's really indicative and reflective of of what this gets we went to china and we were going i think we were going from like beijing to shanghai i'm not exactly sure we were at the airport and unbeknownst to us there was a cancellation something happened with the plane we don't know nothing we're, we're, we're waiting for to, to go board the plane our guides walk over to us hand every single one of us a 30 dollar or whatever it was voucher said look go take an hour go get something to eat and then come on back well we didn't realize that in that time the flight had been canceled. They had rebooked us on a new flight, moved all of our luggage over, called the hotel to let them know we were going to be checking in late, rearranged transportation. We walked back to the gate. They said, okay, this is the plane we're getting on. We got, it was invisible and seamless to us, and we didn't know it until later. And I'm like, that's it. That right there is this value that you can't necessarily put a price on because imagine if we had to try and do that not just for ourselves, but like you said, for 37 families, 37 people who were were going to do that. So anybody, any thoughts about other than Nicholas wanting to go to Japan, where else would you like to go on our, our next or future adventures by Disney? Greece, Australia, Spain. <laughs> I said pick one. Slow down over there. Scotland, <laughs> Ireland. England. It's, it's good. Ireland, Scotland. Deanna and I want to go to the same place, Greece. Okay. I'm Nor Greece and Norway. That's yeah, Scandinavia, I was going to say. I heard a, uh, where'd you say, Dave Roshoni? I'd like to go to England, please. I mean, as long as you're in England, like France is right across the street. I'm just saying. I would be okay with that also. <laughs> the channel, right across the channel. Paul, where do you want to go? I'm thinking London, Paris, um, maybe the couple of days added on for Disneyland. I mean, there's also places like Egypt, Antarctica. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything else because Becky. <laughs> if I stay, if I start throwing out additional ones, Becky's going to start giving me the look. Like, wait a minute, we're yes, not ready to announce that. Yeah. Texts that are going to be flying at you right now. Hush. <laughs> um, I would like to know from you, our friend the listener who has hopefully been been sitting here and and virtually sort of taking this tour of Italy with us. Uh, have you ever taken Adventures by Disney? Is it something that you've thought about? Is it something that you might like to do? Um, if so, I think we can all agree that, that Adventures by Disney is amazing. I think it's even better when you can do it with a group, when you do it with people that you know you have 
things in common with, I don't mean just the show, but I think that there is a deeper sort of commonality and in, in, that we have with one another, um, the family that is our community of, of listeners and, and friends. Um, thank you all so very much, uh, not just for joining me tonight and for joining us on the adventure, but for helping to make this uh, a true trip of a lifetime. I, I had in my mind for so many years what I had hoped and wanted this trip to Italy to be for me personally. And I will tell you that you are the reason why it was so very special. Huge thanks to, and I'm not just saying it because you're here, but seriously, like Becky, I know the work that goes into putting this together to Becky, uh, to Sue and Grace and the other Mouse Fan Travel Advisors that, that work so well and so closely with each one of they're not, you don't treat them like clients. You treat them like family and everyone comes back and it's the same way. And, and all these things come together is what makes these trips so special. It's why I love doing them. It's why I love doing them with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, grazie to you to bring us together, to be able to do this with these wonderful people. These trips are magical and amazing. We love sharing them and we hope that the next one or two, well, we've got, we've got a few already announced that you might want to talk about but there's some others that are going to be coming up right around the corner too which i'm not going to say otherwise you're going to start sending me texts but i'm really excited about some of the plans we have coming i'm not saying anything about a place that rhymes with bundan maris or what? what i didn't say anything uh we do have our Nat Geo Danube Christmas Market River Cruise this December 9th through the 16th. Uh, we have talked about what a special trip that is going to be on a much smaller boat uh, to incredible ports and destinations with the, the Nat Geo. This is the, my first time doing a Nat Geo expedition. I really, really can't wait. You can learn more by visiting wdwradio.com slash Nat Geo 23. If there's somewhere that you would like to adventure together on Adventures by Disney. You can let me know. Come join over in the clubhouse. I'll post a question and a poll there. Let me know where else you would like to visit or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WW1. To all of you, my family and extended family, I love and appreciate you. Take us out very quickly around the horn. Best thing you ate in Italy. Go. Pasta. <laughs> Could <be> Pasta. Lasagna. <laughs> Lasagna. Where? Where? What city? Oh, Zanya in Florence. 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 Oh, my ravioli in Venice. What kind of ravioli was yeah. that, Nicholas? Sea bass. Sea bass ravioli. How about the panini, that first or second day in Rome, that little panini shop where they were slicing the meat right there? So good. Sarah's Farm <laughs> pasta. Sarah's oh. Farm. You thought you had one dish? And then you finished it, and then they brought you another dish of some other pasta, and then they brought you another dish. Nicholas, the wild boar pappardelle that we have. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, or I want to see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see, hear, remember, or taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. 
And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you. Because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you help bring every episode of the show to life, every live broadcast, the contests and giveaways. They're all thanks to, by, for, with, and about you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get exclusive rewards every month, like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, take part in our group video calls, get access to our private Facebook group, their shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, early access and discounts to special events, and much more. I am so grateful to you and for you for your love, support, friendship, and help, and I love being able to give back to you each and every month, and I'd like to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including William Pacheco, Katie Cope, no name, Krita Kratzer, Brian Crawford, and Jeremy D. If you want to find out how to become a member of the nation, help the show, get exclusive rewards, and of course, benefit our Dream Team project, which supports the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Thanks to you, we've raised more than $550,000 to help children with life-threatening illnesses and their families visit Walt Disney World. You can visit www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, in honor of our show all about our Adventures by Disney trip to Italy, I asked you to tell me, what's the name of the small island located just in front of the Italy Pavilion that's built into the World Showcase Lagoon? Thanks to all of you who entered, got this one correct, as well as those of you who entered and said, what island? But the actual answer is Isola del Lago, which is the island of the lake, and actually represents the 17 small islands that make up the city of Venice. And that's why you see those small multiple bridges, the barber poles and the gondolas. Now, unlike Tokyo Disney Sea, you can't actually ride on those gondolas. But speaking of Tokyo Disney Sea, maybe we need to take another Adventures by Disney to Tokyo in the next couple of years, but I digressed. Stay tuned. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WW Audio mug, pin, and a mystery prize, which I can tell you is going to be from Italy. And last week's winner, randomly selected is Helen Archer. So Helen, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. This week, we're going to go from the parks to the resorts and keep this one straightforward. And I think pretty simple because all I want you to do is tell me what was the very first moderate rate resort built at Walt Disney World? What was the first moderate hotel built at Walt Disney World? You have until Sunday, May 14th, Happy Mother's Day, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast there, use the online form. You're once again going to play for a mug, a pin, and a mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I'd love to know from you, where would you like to go on our next WW Radio group adventures by Disney or even group event or group cruise? I have a couple of announcements, including our next adventures by Disney coming very, very soon. So please connect with me on social. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, a little bit of Twitter, Follow the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio. Most importantly, 
Come be part of the community and conversation over in the WW Radio Clubhouse. That's always going to be the first place that I'm going to post news and updates and, again, have conversations about not just this week's show, but whatever's going on in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. It is a fun, friendly, family-friendly, and very, very welcoming community over at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on an upcoming show, you can email me, lou, at www.radio.com, or be heard on the air. Call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. And in addition to everything that I share on the Disney side of things, I also would like to invite you to go and check out the all-new loumangelo.com. I'm a keynote speaker and coach and a creator, sort of on the mission to help not only share the magic of Disney, but also help entrepreneurs and solopreneurs build their brand and their business through one-on-one coaching. I have a weekly mastermind group and events, including my 50-person Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World this September. Tickets are now on sale. We're about 50% sold out already. You can also take advantage of our early bird special and save $100 off your weekend workshop or optional Mastermind Monday ticket. The Momentum Weekend Workshop is a three-day event where you learn practical and tactical lessons and strategies in interactive workshops, as well as how to apply them to your business and life. Momentum is built on the pillars of inspiration, education, impact, and community. I also specialize in helping organizations leverage customer service strategies from Disney, and I bring unique and impactful Disney magic to events, companies, and schools through presentations and workshops, both in person and virtually. You can find out more about speaking, momentum, coaching, etc. by visiting lumangelo.com. Thanks as always to Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider, whether you're coming to Momentum, Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, or anywhere on this big blue world of ours. You can visit mousefantravel.com for fee-free, specialized, personalized service, which is their hallmark. It's who I have recommended for 15 plus years because it's who I personally use and most importantly, it's who I trust. And I'd love to once again invite you to join us on our next WW Radio group adventure, our Nat Geo Expedition Danube Christmas Market River Cruise this December 9th through 16th. On this unique voyage along the Danube River, we'll start off in Budapest, Hungary and go to Bratislava, Vienna, the Wachau Valley, Salzburg, Passau, and Munich to and through the Christmas markets with not just a National Geographic expert, but a National Geographic photography expert on the beautiful Ama Viola ship with just 79 staterooms. It is a wonderful, relaxing, intimate, and beautiful experience. And I would love for you or you and your family to come and join us. Stateroom categories are starting to sell out, but we have an exclusive through Mouse Fan Travel discount of $750 per person off the regular rate. Those discounts are about to be expiring at the end of the month. So if you're interested, want to learn more, see photos, and get a free no-obligation quote, you can visit www.radio.com slash natgeo23. And before I forget, if you haven't done so already, please visit www.radio.com, scroll down on the homepage, and sign up for our free weekly email newsletter and updates. I'm about to make some additional changes to both the content and conversation that happens in the newsletter. It's a great way to get updates, not just on content that I share at and through WW Radio, but also from Disney, as well as the best way to get notified in your inbox for free about announcements, special events, ticket sales, etc. You can also go right to www.radio.com slash subscribe. And when you do, 
You can also get a free copy of my book, 102 Things to Do at Walt Disney World at least once. And finally, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word, tell a friend, share a link to this week's episode, invite someone to listen and subscribe. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over in Spotify Podcasts or over in Apple Podcasts. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Giovanni, the architect, who says, great, great, great show. Lou is a true professional whose ability to connect to us, all things Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel is without competition. Thank you. From interviews, food reviews, to complex conversations relating to the thought process of planning and designing behind Walt Disney World, no other shows in the same category. Lou calls his listeners friends, and I feel like I've known him my entire life. Thank you, Lou, for a triple A. I think means good, not actually Automobile Association of America podcast. Proud member of the nation. Thank you, brother. And I hope to bump into you soon, Giovanni. Giovanni, thank you so much. I could not do this show without you, Giovanni, and you, my friend who's listening. I am grateful every day for the gift that you give me of your time, which is your most valuable commodity, your friendship and your support. If there's ever anything that I can do to say thank you, to pay you back in return, please reach out and let me know. Please join me this Wednesday night for WW Radio Live or on Facebook. Stay tuned for information about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World. And please always remember to choose the good, to find the good in the things and the people that you encounter every day. Because I promise you that that positivity will have a ripple effect going forward. And you might not realize who you might impact in a positive way each and every day. I love you. I appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. It's Ashley Scarpa. Just a quick message to say thank you so much. Your podcast brightens sad days, gloomy days, days I miss Disney, and just make every day a little bit more magical. So, you know, I love you, and I'm a supporter of your show and everything you do, and I just wanted to say a big thank you. Hope you have a great day. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Penn. Where am I? Where do I live? Flower Town, Pennsylvania. I am grilling chicken on my patio as I have a glass of vino, thinking about how much fun you guys are having on your Bermuda cruise. I hope it's the best time ever. Um, I don't know, feeling content, feeling like very Disney, which is every day. But I just want to call and say I hope you guys are having a great time, and I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Um, I saw your post. And um, anyway, that's it. Everyone have a wonderful evening and make someone smile. Take care. Bye. Good morning, everyone. It's Darlene Yagi, formerly of West Seneca, New York, calling in to say you have 10 weeks until you go to Wyoming, and then you have 217 days until you go to that WDW radio cruise for the Christmas markets. That's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to hear all about that trip. You guys have a wonderful day. Stay warm, pack your sunscreen, and stay positive like Lou said. Love y'all.